Hi, everyone, and welcome to the special simulcast of the Neil Haley Show and Celebrity Interviews live from the Grotto with Greg Hanna. Greg, what's going on, man? How are you? I'm doing amazing. How are you doing, Neil? Can't wait to talk to Cash Flow. That's right. And Cash Flow, you know, he broke into the business about the same time I was. And, you know, I've been retired, but I'm going to maybe, you never know, get back in the ring. But Cash Flow, again, everyone knows him from Netflix Wrestlers, which I watched the entire documentary series and it was unbelievable and uh cash kind of talk to us let's jump right into the specifically enough your wrestling career but we'll get to wrestlers later um why did you want to be a professional wrestler what was that thing that told you because i I have my story as well i was kind of recruited to be one being a legitimate 610 but kind of tell me you know how that happened pro wrestling was a mainstay in my house as a kid i grew up watching it i grew up with grandparents um Wahoo and Manny going at it. And that stuff is real. That is something that I want to do. And it started as soon as I got out of high school. I went to a wrestling school and hey, I hit the ground running. It's just something that I've always wanted to do. Wow. Who who were your favorite wrestlers when you were growing up as a kid? Uh the Wahoo, Wahoo McDaniel, Manny Fernandez, Dusty Rhodes. Those are the guys that really, Ric Flair, those are the guys that really got me watching. Of course, I went back to, you know, Bruiser Brody and Stan Hansen. There was nothing like watching a crowd part like the Red Sea when Bruiser Brody would come through. I mean, it was just, (laughs) some that stuff was amazing. Of course, I was a Crockett guy. I was a Southern wrestling guy coming up. I didn't really, you know, do a whole lot of, uh, of the Northern wrestling. That wasn't until later, until, you know, the Monday Night Wars and stuff like that started, so. You know, it's interesting, Cashflow. The first show I was on was with Wahoo McDaniel. I didn't wrestle him, but I was on the same show with him. First That's show. That's amazing. Was, that is amazing. It was in Parkersburg, West Virginia at some uh, cowboy. I remember, forgot who I re- wrestled for. It wasn't Arpin. It was another promoter out there. And uh, I remember it like it was yesterday. And so um, many. I'm guys, envious, Neil. I'm envious. And you're envious. Well, you know, so kind of breaking down, who trained you as a professional wrestler? Who did you get trained uh, by? I broke in the business at IWA Mid-South in the mid-90s. Ian Wright and Tramey, but, you know, I can't really say that. There was there was a lot of guys come through, guys like, like Bull Payne, Tracy Smothers, you know, Doug Gilbert. You know, a lot of those guys had a hand. Madman Pondo, a lot of those guys had a hand in, in bringing me into professional wrestling. I can't really corner down just one of them because I've learned so much from every single one of those guys that come through. Well, you know, Cashflow, what's what's like the most exciting thing for you when you're doing a show, when you're out there in the ring? What's what's like? Tell me about that. What's that like? Uh, the crowd reaction is is off the chain. You know, that's really why we do any of that. Of course, you know, money is good. We like to make money. Yeah. But the the crowd reaction is is really what you want. You know, the ability to to tell a story and actually feel those emotions in those stories. Those are the greatest feelings in the world. You know, there's nothing like it. You know, I always said professional wrestling and adrenaline is probably the best and the worst drug in the world. You know, it it can do irreparable harm at the same time. It can it can have you feeling like you're on cloud nine. It's 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 something else. You know, behind the scenes of professional wrestling, that's a great point you made, Cash, is that, you know, everything, all the politics before the match. But once you get into the match, it's worth it all but it's not worth all the other stuff. 
he is you see you know from you know tearing down rings to being you know worrying if you're going to even get, get paid if you're going to be able to sleep the next day all these things is independent wrestling and i think that that's the thing it's interesting you talked about bullpen worked with bull out and burt with burt prentice uh you know uh you know i was with doug when i did uswa you ran in all these guys and you just understood this business. But the thing is, it was breaking in and the business changed so much. Like I started in, in back in 1993. So I missed out. If I would have broken in 88, I don't know where I would have been because there was not many people even got the opportunity. Then school started. Charlie Fulton's who trained me. I got trained by my Iron Mike Sharp as well. So I understood this. So the thing is, it's about hustling. When you are in the business, you work again for Ian, but then you got to figure out where else am I going to work? How am I going to learn this business? Because you just were thrown to the wolves. And that's how the business was at that time. It's, you know, especially being a hardcore wrestler when you started. So I remember watching that. So when he kind of just said, you know, the hardcore is cool, but I want to learn more and more about wrestling and, and learn from other guys. It's just basically figuring it all out, right? Uh, it's it, it basically figuring it all out. You know, hardcore wrestling is is kind of a niche product of professional wrestling. This, the the principle still applies. It's it's basically the same thing. You're just using you know different different tactics and different gimmicks to garner those that emotional response. You know, and don't get me wrong. You now, I I honestly don't believe professional wrestling has changed not one bit. You, the only thing that's really changed is society around it. So you know, more people. You know, the people are different that are watching it. Therefore, you have to kind of evolve when it comes to that. You know, there's still, you know, the predetermined finish and, and, and all that stuff. You know, the crowd emotions are the same. The guys that get over are the guys that are the best storytellers. You know, it, to me, the principle of pro wrestling has changed. It's just the people that are watching it have changed a bit. So you kind of have to go with the flow a little bit. Got it. What, what are a couple of your favorite uh, matches or shows that you've done? Like, who was it against? And, you know, what was it like? And tell me, tell me about those. Uh, I, well, one of, one of my favorites, like off the top of my head, I, the most recent was probably doing a tag match against Al Snow up in Wisconsin. You know, that was amazing. You know, that was, you know, one of those bucket list things that you have, you know, you, you, you become a fan of somebody, and then when you finally get the opportunity of getting the ring, I've actually been fortunate to have a lot of those, you know, be in the ring with a lot of the guys that that I kind of idolized coming up, being a Southern wrestling guy like like Dundee and Lawler and Dutch Mantell and Jeff Jarrett, you know, guys like that, Al Snow. Um, you know, that that's one of the most recent ones. One of the older ones, you know, shortly before Tracy Smothers passed, I got the opportunity to be in the ring with him about a year, year and a half before he ended up passing. And, you know, I hold that one pretty dear to my heart. It's on my YouTube, my YouTube channel. So, you know, some, you know, some of the older ones, <laughs> you know, I've had, I've had a lengthy career, you know, I don't remember a whole lot. I have to go back and look at some of my stuff, <laughs> but you know, some of those are the ones that kind of stick in my head. Yeah. And it's amazing when you get in the ring with Lawler or Bill Dundee, what you learn. And Al Snow, you know, Absolutely. it's like you take two matches with Jerry the King Lawler, which I got to wrestle him, I think, three or four times. Uh, on top, I wrestled him in the Mid South Coliseum for the title, but wrestle him, it was so easy. But he taught you so much about the showmanship in a match. Same with Bill Dundee, I traveled the road with Bill, and I and I learned these things. And this is what this Netflix wrestlers documentary shows it shows a lot of these independent wrestlers 
what it means to be in a territory. It was interesting. I mentioned that before you guys have built something. It's like a territory, but also like a big organization where you're doing the TV weekly. You're doing all the stuff I did with Burt Prentice and Ozark Mountain Wrestling and North American All-Star Wrestling and PWX. And just we're doing the weekly TV. You're doing all these different things it really helps and i think you really shape to understand guys that are looking to break into wrestling with wrestlers once you first heard about doing a documentary what were your thoughts i mean a series like netflix i mean that that was a game changer wasn't it it was a game changer but you know i'm an old school type of guy so you know it made me a bit nervous you know because i i kind of had a feeling what we were going to have to put out there for it to really succeed and I was apprehensible at first, you know, my family was apprehensible at first, but, you know, we, we, we just, we just decided one day, Hey, let's do it. Let's put it out there. Let's see where it goes. You know, what's the worst that could happen? You know, that was kind of what was going on in our head. Luckily the, 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 the crew, the producers and the director, they were so easy to, to be around and, you know, it it made it very easy to do that. But at first I was, me and my family, we were a bit apprehensible, you know, apprehensive about about doing it, but they made it easy to do it. And and I'm actually glad they told the story the way that they told it. You know, I, I wanted uh, you know, I wanted it to portray positivity and and you know, quit with the the bad stuff, the negative energy that's surrounded professional wrestling for so long. You know, I wanted I wanted something to be positive, and and I, I think the the crew, the BBC crew, and and the director Greg Whiteley, I think they hit the nail on the head with that, Neil. Oh, they did. It was amazing, and the I guess the ratings were through this roof uh, for sure. Greg basically did follow all these independent wrestlers for this organization called Ohio Valley championship wrestling or ovw and it basically taught specifically they're one of the only organizations that does live tv and pay-per-views there's only four organizations we didn't mention the one in the documentary which i won't but there's only really four pro wrestling organization in the united states that offer this type of an opportunity and these guys work a lot of nights like i did when i worked down south which is unheard of but it followed those wrestlers and the challenges they had to go through and also the business side of it greg the business side of it was probably the most in experience because they had people who were backing Al Snow's organization, money backers, and you had to go and see about how it was all about making money at the end of the day, not putting on just a great show. Gotcha. Gotcha. So you're saying there's different organizations. Like, I mean, back, I remember as a kid, you know, like Hulk Hogan, you know, McMahon, that group and all that, that's different than like the Ohio Valley. And so Explain how it is still almost the same in a way with the, there's no regionals, but really they're one of the big three or four, right? Yeah. We are, you know, we're, there's just, there's more money and more longevity behind uh, guys like Vince McMahon, WWE and, and stuff like that. There's just more money behind. We are really the, the grassroots of, of what Vince McMahon and those guys are. This is where guys go to cut their teeth in that particular business model when it comes to doing live TV territory type uh, professional wrestling shows, this is where you're really taught the business to get to the next level of, of professional wrestling, which is, you know, like, like WWE and, and, you know, where the big money is. So. Gotcha. And then they get, if they get discovered, you get over and cash, it's changed in a lot of ways where 
you get signed, it's basically your popularity, especially AEW. AEW signs people based on how they got over in the independence. That's what makes AEW different than WWE, in my opinion. No, you're absolutely right. And now you have more platforms as a young up and comer, you know, with social media in the mix, you can, you can make yourself a a star before they would even look at you, but you would still have an opportunity to get there. If, if your star is shines bright enough, you know, it's, it's, it's a pretty amazing time. It's a pretty amazing time in professional wrestling right now. Wow. So is it, so you're saying like, start off like where you are, maybe even a different league, and then if you wanted to get notoriety and, you know, become more famous and kind of work up towards like, it seems like some of these people like Dwayne Johnson, like the rock, you know, went to Hollywood after a while. And so that's kind of more of a path to stardom as opposed to sport and, and show. Is- it, it, it's definitely a, a, a slingshot to other platforms that, that can use your star, your star power. Yeah. Uh, a, a lot of the guys that do make it big tend to, I mean, that seems to be these days to be a natural evolution of, of a professional wrestler to you get at a certain age where, you know, getting bumped around and getting thrown around is, is become too tough on you. You know, you, they, the, you take that star power, you go to a production company or you start, you know, uh, filling out some acting gigs and, and they start hiring you just because you're known. They put your name on that screen. It's going to draw viewers. It's the yeah. same principle, just maybe a, a, a different process, you know? Gotcha. Being on television when I was working down south for Burr Prentice and Ozark Mountain, where I got discovered at the grocery stores and during different things, you got to see that in OVW. But once you went on Netflix, life changed right. People really saw your story. Greg, they went into his house. They went into his family. They documented <laughs> wow. everything. Yeah, they went after every little thing about him. Even the b- breakdown of the business and how long he's been, showed films. It was just such a great document. It was such yeah, a great I hold, Neil, I had to hold my wife back a couple of times because she would be cooking supper, have supper halfway done, and they would come barging in with three truckfuls of camera, keep us from eating supper, wanting to wanting to do interviews and stuff in the middle of supper time. So, you know, it, they, it, it, it was pretty intrusive, but you know, I think we've talked me and my wife have talked it out. It's, it's definitely been worth it. It's been worth it. It's the notoriety is, is, is out the roof right now. So, so how much do you get recognized now? Uh, everywhere I go, it's <laughs> everywhere I go, you know, especially, you know, around my neighborhood, like I'd be walking the dog down the street and people will drive by hollering at me, screaming out the windows. Hey, 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 Cash, what are you doing? So it, it, it's it's something else. It's a sight to be seen. Grocery shopping's fun these days. <laughs> Have to write, sign a lot of autographs, that's for sure. A lot of autographs, taking a lot of pictures inside the grocery store, yeah. A lot it's, of selfies. Hey, can I get a selfie? Yeah, a lot of selfies. <laughs> uh, how, how did that even come about? I mean, did, did Netflix just decide to do it and just sought you guys out or how? I don't, I honestly, Greg, I don't know the gist of, of how it got worked out. All of a sudden, you know, uh, the owners of OVW reached out to me and said, would you be interested in doing this? Um, you know, can you do, it was a couple years ago. Can you do this zoom meeting with, with this production crew that has an idea of something that they want to do? Well, that's where it started. I had my Zoom meeting with uh, BBC Studios and, and you know, those guys are amazing, by the way. And it that's that's where it started. And they it got put together and it got sold. And here we are. Now, cool. let's talk. So I was reading about it. I didn't know Last Chance you as the same producers. Is that true? 
that were laughing. Same director. Same director. I, I don't know if it's produced by the same company, but it is the same director, Greg Whiteley. Yeah, he's he's Emmy Award winning guy. Last Chance You, I've always been a fan of, and I ended up interviewing one of them that, that ended up being in Podcast Magazine, and then I finally watched the series, his one, it was the one in Kansas, and I'm like, oh my gosh, that was a person. So your character's really real life, and I think it, it in so many ways, it, it, it's so interesting. Now, Greg, I'll throw one more question at him, and then we'll kind of go with any other yeah, questions. Yeah, go for it. But but Because like, I'm just, it intrigues me, because again, the business in, in so many ways. Now, looking back at the Attitude Era to today, what do you think? Do you think we're going back? Do you think guys are that I see a lot of guys taking tons of bumps, but other people are telling stories. And you guys are more storytelling. As I remember when I interviewed Al a couple years ago with uh, Jim Miller and Aaron Lester, and I got to go back and find that and re air it now uh, again because uh, I have that footage somewhere. What do you what do you think of this business? Do you think we're going to go back to stories? Do you think we're going in a cyclical historical way of wrestling, and we're going to go back to wrestling as uh, it was? Of course, uh, of course. I, you know, it, it all comes in cycles. You know, at one point, taking all these bumps and all the aerial stuff was something new and fresh and different. That's why it was good. Okay, you know, before that, it was straight storytelling, straight on, and that was the thing that wrestling is. Well, if, if you bring that back out to the forefront now, what's old is new again. So it, it, it's it's all cycles. It all comes in cycles. And I think that's where we're going. I think that's why OVW excels right now because because of uh, the office and, and the stories that they try to, to tell and, you know, the way they get the, the guys, the, the employee, the, the workers on board with it. You know, it, it, it ultimately it comes down to, the guys that are telling the stories for, you know, Al and, and the office. And, you know, I believe those guys are, are stepping up to the plate and Al's giving them the ball and we're starting to run with it, you know, and it's doing really well. You know, we're, we're working on our eighth consecutive, ninth consecutive show that we've been sold out, you know, as far as in the arena and stuff like that. So it's, it's doing really well. And yeah, I do believe it comes in cycles, Neil. I do. I hope so because that's what is brings the families. And that brings it where there's a real story and you get the good versus evil. You know, the the bad guy, the heel versus baby faces. You were such a southern fan. I got yeah. to live it working, you know, with in, in in a program with Dundee, a program with Lawler, a program with uh with uh I did a lot with um Colorado Kid. I don't even know where the heck he's at, you know. Yeah, but you remember watching all that stuff when you were uh, I knew I knew Colorado kid. I worked for Burt a little bit too down there. You probably wasn't around, but I I did my rounds in Tennessee. I worked for Burt Prentice. I worked for a guy named Mike Porter down there when they were doing. You know they had. Oh, so when Burt was doing Nashville, I came back to Northeast, and that's oh, when yeah. I was working with Rhino and all that. So we did not cross paths, but maybe we will. You right? never know. You, know, you never know. I'm just going to go cool. right now. You never know about a comeback. And Greg's like, please don't let that happen. Okay, so <laughs> Greg, I'm going to go ahead. Say, be safe, Neil. Be safe. But when you see guys working like Flair, again, another match, and guys working in their 60s, it's if we don't take those bumps, we'll be okay. But yeah. if we're, we're both those hardcore matches, we I've been there, done it for sure. I got to connect you to my concussion guy, and that's something I wanted to talk to you about. Uh, uh, Dr. Charles Simkovich, who's the, the guru that's finally figuring out a reverse, 
reverse concussion, CTE, all that stuff. But Greg, yeah. I'm going to have you ask the question to Cash that you ask every celebrity, and I might have one more question for Cash after that. Go ahead, Greg. Uh, that sounds great. So Cash, you know, uh, I love to learn from people, especially successful people like yourself. What? And I know the people that listen to our show do as well. So tell me, um, what do you think the most important thing you've ever learned in life is? The most important thing that I have ever learned in life Find you need a support system. Uh, Rome wasn't built by a single person. It takes a group. And in this instance, you know, my family's support. Um, you need a good support system behind you. And, and I attribute that to anything. If you're running a wrestling program, you need a support system. You can't do everything it needs. It takes a good team. In life, it takes a good team to, to get where you want to get. If you don't have a support system, don't be afraid to reach out and find a support system because there is somebody or some people out there for everyone. A support system is, is crucial to living life to the fullest. Cool. That's a fantastic. Oh, man, that's that's a let's go. Well, Cash, now, you know what? I'm still in pretty good shape at 50 years old. I think I could, I could wrestle you. I think I could, I mean, again, you didn't, you were afraid to cross paths with me. That's why when I went to the North East, you're afraid of a six. Yeah. Yeah. You were. So what would happen if we end up having a match sometime and these promoters out Northeast, they can make it happen. Uh, Again, OVW can make it happen again. When I put my boots on, I'm a legitimate seven feet tall. I have some big wins, you know, as PWI 500, you know, you're, you're a superstar. Someday, hey, in I think my experience level, I think I could, I could take you if I get back in shape. Hey, there is nothing to it but to do it. There is nothing to it but to do it. We can talk all day long. I've been in PWI. I was in PWI 321 this year. All right. And the age, there's not much of an age difference there between us, Neil, whether you, whether you think so or not. No, I know. I have a feeling I know that. Okay. I'm not, I'm not seven foot tall, but. You know, I'm I'm a pretty hefty guy. I'm I'm kind of wide. So Okay, know. so what are you weighing right now? I'm weighing in about 280 something. I'm I'm six four, I weigh three twenty. Okay, okay, all right. It's well you never know. We'll we'll I gotta get in shape and then we'll make this happen, but we're definitely gonna stay connected with all the different things and we appreciate and make sure more OVW wrestlers can come on and i i just but what is this happening i hope they don't do it like last chance you you guys need to have this continue this story in my opinion and not they go and pick another organization like they did with last chance you people I, love I the story. i would agree totally neil I, I i think those guys you know i don't think the story is completely told i don't think no. the w story is completely told and i would love i would love for those guys to pick it back up and and give the fans because that really that's all we're hearing a lot of those rumblings about it you know we would love for the fans to 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 actually hear the the complete story yeah, and that's it because the story was not completely told it was told then but then the final story so again people can check it out netflix wrestlers and where can we find information on you social media wise and stuff where can we go hey social media all my social media wise uh neil is at cashflow wrestler that's my my instagram my twitter my threads my facebook uh if 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 any of you guys out there any of your listeners is looking for any good cash flow merch you can go to www.chopshopwrestling.com 
You'll find all my swag on there. You can find me on Cameo if you need a shout out, a birthday shout out or whatever. Um, you know, that's that's pretty much it. All right. We appreciate it, Cash. Right. Thanks again, man. All right. That Thanks, was the simulcast of the Neil Haley Show and Celebrity Interviews Live from the Grotto with Greg Hanna. Guys, take care.